following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, everybody, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. And, uh, folks, I am once again here. That's right. I'm all by myself. Uh, Tyler has once again taken one of his 80 million vacations that he takes every year. Um, and uh, it's just me this week, no so unfortunately looking. we don't get uh, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean here, but that's okay. We're still going to run through the scores. We're still going to run through the news. We're still going to get down to business, so thank you so much for joining us, or for joining me anyway. And uh, let's get right down to business, folks. We got week one scores, and we're going to go over the week one scores. We are sitting here on the morning of week two. Uh, well, the Sunday of week two. Um, week two did start this past Thursday, but uh, we're going to go over those scores. We're going to go over the news. We're going to go over some predictions. Tyler did send me Tyler's top 10, so we're going to go over that. Uh, so let's get right down to business. Let's get jump right into our scores for week one in the NFL. Uh, starting last Thursday, you got the Chiefs beating the Texans 34-20. to the, uh, the Chiefs dominated this game. The, the Texans couldn't get anything going until late. Deshaun Watson looking a little rough around the edges. Um, Patrick Mahomes looking basically like Patrick Mahomes does. Not anything to write home about from a yardage perspective, but he did have three touchdowns. The big story in this game was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, just blowing up. 25 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown. He looked like a monster. So you gotta got to love his performance in that, in that game. Uh, next up, you've got the Buffalo Bills beating the New York football Jets. Uh, the Bills looking like they're just picking up right where they left off last year. Josh Allen looked like a beast. Um, Stephon Diggs, he, did, he didn't look horrible, but he didn't look like the, the beast everybody was talking about. And I'm so glad to hear that because he's not a Viking, he's now the enemy. Um, so that's where we're at there. Next up, you got the Vikings getting destroyed by the Packers, and, and the score made this game look a lot closer than it was. The Packers could win 43-34. to uh, Aaron Rodgers puts up 364 yards in that game. Not a fan of that. Uh, <laughs> my Vikings, the defense just looked horrible. The offense looked miserable all through the second quarter, and by the time they came back, the, the Packers, um, you know, they, they had already uh, had a big enough lead to the point where they were going to walk out with the W there. So uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings need to get their act together. Hopefully they're going to keep that momentum going into this week against the Colts. Next up, we got the Washington Redskins. Well, <laughs> I'm going to call them the Redskins, but uh, the Washington football team, I guess, is where we're going now. Washington beats the Eagles in a surprising upset, and it was a come-from-behind victory the Eagles just fell apart. Uh, the Eagles also gave up eight sacks in that game. Uh, I, I don't understand uh, what's going on with the Eagles right now. They have a good enough football team to, to be making the playoffs, and uh, they have not been able to get it done um, for a while now. These last two seasons, they've looked rough. Uh, but Washington picks up a surprising victory in that situation. Uh, next up, you got the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. Ravens top the Browns just 
beat the holy brakes off of them. Uh, the Ravens, 38-6 over the Browns. OBJ can't get going. Nick Chubb can't get going. Baker Mayfield can't get going. Um, they're an absolute horrible mess. Um, and uh, they got, But the Browns have a chance to, to jump back in when they're going to be taking on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, and we'll, go, and they, they, uh, we'll get to that score a little bit later because it is uh, after said game. Uh, next up, you got the Jags and the Colts. Jags surprised the Colts. Um, It's an upset. Gardner Minshew, very accurate in that game. 19 for 20 in that game. He looked like a beast. Uh, Gotta love what he was doing. But uh, Gardner Minshew leads his team over the Colts 27 to 20. Uh, Phillip Rivers throws two picks in that game in his Colts debut. Uh, You can tell he's kind of finding his sea legs over there. Uh, Next up, you got the Raiders and the Panthers. Raiders beat the Panthers 34 to 30 and squeak one out there. Uh, exciting game here. Henry Ruggs made his debut. Derek Carr is starting to find his rhythm again, but both these defenses looked very, very rough in this game. Uh, next up, you got the Bears and the Lions. Bears make a come-from-behind victory. Uh, the big news, DeAndre Swift's big dropped pass is at the end of this whole thing. Um, people just can't seem to stop talking about it, but DeAndre Swift drops one in the end zone that could have put uh, the Lions on top at the very last minute. Uh, Bears come from behind. They beat, they come back from a 17-point deficit to beat the Lions. Lions just fell apart at the end. Uh, next up, you got the Seahawks and the Falcons. Seahawks beat the Falcons 38 to 25. Russell Wilson with a four-touchdown performance, looking like only Russell Wilson can. Um, and Matt Ryan, he looked all right. And you see, Matt Ryan throws. For over 450 yards, gets three different receivers with over 100 yards, and uh, still doesn't manage to beat the Seahawks. Uh, both these teams looked great offensively, looked terrible defensively. But um, yeah, the, uh, the the Falcons, their offense it looks like it's clicking. But once again, that defense, as usual for the Falcons, looking tough. Um, Patriots versus the Dolphins. Patriots beat them 21 to 11. Cam Newton makes his. Uh, his Patriot debut looks all right. Dolphins start Ryan Fitzpatrick in the situation. Uh, everybody is still waiting for Tua to come into that situation. But the Patriots beat the Dolphins 21-11. to uh, Next up, you got the Chargers and the Bengals. Chargers squeak one out against the Bengals, 16-13. to Tyrod Taylor looks okay in this situation. Uh, but uh, Bengals make a comeback, drive it all the way down the field, and one wild missed field goal uh, by Randy Bullock there. Uh, otherwise, this could, that game could have wound, wound up in overtime. Joe Burrow's uh, debut. Uh, we'll get to his uh, his second game that, uh, uh, that that happened this week. Uh, really, this past Thursday, Joe Burrow has been looking good though, and everybody keeps commending him for his uh, performances in these games. Uh, next up, you got the Cardinals beating the 49ers in kind of a surprise. Uh, the, the Niners, without Debo Samuel, still managed to get have the ball going. It's a very back-and-forth type of game. But the Cardinals looked good. And DeAndre Hopkins, in his Cardinals debut, comes up with a 154-yard performance. Very impressive. Kyler Murray has found his new favorite weapon. And the Cardinals get a big debut win, uh, or season debut win, 24-20 over the Niners. So the Niners dropped to 0-1. People are hitting the panic button a little bit on the Niners, but it still is the 49ers. Debo's supposed to be coming back in the next couple of weeks, so we'll see how they do. Uh, next up, you got the Saints dominating Tom Brady and the Bucks. Tom Brady in his in his debut 
Um, with the Buccaneers, a little rough. He Two touchdowns, but two interceptions. Was not looking like the Tom Brady of old. He throws for 239 yards on the day. Drew Brees looks like Drew Brees, though, as the Saints beat the Bucs 34-23. Uh, next up, you got the Rams beating the Cowboys 20-17. Um, everybody kind of expected the Cowboys to dominate this game, and uh, it just didn't happen. The Rams came out firing, um, and it was right after Cooper Cup got a new extension, and we'll go over another Ram that got an extension later on. But uh, the Rams get this, one, uh, get this win 20-17 over the Cowboys. Next up, you got the Steelers and the Giants. The Steelers beat the Giants 26-16. Big Ben makes his return to the Steelers. Uh, Saquon Barkley couldn't get anything going on the ground. He rushed for an abysmal amount of yards, an abysmal average, just four yards on the day. And uh, I believe it was four. And then uh, Ben Roethlisberger looked great in his uh, return to the Steelers. Last time he played a game was 364 days prior. So he looked great. Uh, Big Ben leads his team to a victory, um, hits Juju Smith-Schuster for two touchdowns in that game. Uh, and last but not least, Monday Night Football, uh, the second game of Monday Night Football, Titans beat the Broncos 16-14. Steven Goskowski looked horrible in this game, and we'll go over that in just a second here. But uh, big defensive football game. Titans win 16-14 over the Broncos. Drew Locke looked okay, but a very defensive football game. And those are your scores for week one of the NFL season. Now, we got some news to jump into, but first, we got to jump into uh, a little segment uh, that I like to call Tyler's Top Ten. That's right, it's Tyler's Top Ten. And folks, um, Tyler sent me the, the Top Ten this week. He, he sent it to me uh, via email here, so I've got I've got the uh, top 10 right in front of me, and I'm going to jump right in to his, uh, his top 10. Number 10 for Tyler, he went with Lamar Jackson. Number 10, 20 for 25, 275 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, 45 yards on the ground. We know Tyler loves his running quarterbacks, and we know he's going to go ahead and love on Lamar. Lamar had a good game out there. Um, the three touchdowns, I think, was the, the big number, though, the imperative number for old Tyler there. Number 9. Goes to Josh Jacobs, 25 carries, 93 yards, and three touchdowns. Obviously, he is the uh, the Raiders' big uh, offensive weapon there. He is the man for them. That whole offense, it's kind of like Ezekiel Elliott. That offense runs through Josh Jacobs. Very impressive performance. Uh, he's getting it done over there with the Vegas Raiders. Uh, number eight, DeAndre Hopkins. 14 receptions, 151 yards, and a touchdown. I got a feeling DeAndre Hopkins would be much, much higher on this list had he had a touchdown added on that. But DeAndre Hopkins was looking like the number one receiver that he was in Houston, just wearing a Cardinals uniform. He looked like a champion. He looked like the best. Um, he was the best player on that field on Sunday. And, and DeAndre Hopkins gets it done. I, I just Everybody thought in the new system he would struggle. But he got it done. Number seven goes to the rookie debuting Clyde Edwards Hilaire. 25 carries, 138 yards on a touchdown in the season opener uh, against the Texans. Looked great for the Chiefs. And, and just when you think that the Chiefs are going to, uh, you know, it, when you think it's like, oh, you know, it's the Chiefs, they, they got a brand new running back. Just when you think they couldn't have any more weapons, Clyde Edwards Hilaire shows up on Thursday night football and opens the season with this kind of performance. He looked great. 
So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire falls in at number seven. Uh, number six, Calvin Ridley. Nine receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. He looked fantastic. Um, everybody on that offense looked fantastic in Atlanta, though. Uh, three separate receivers getting their uh, getting their yardage, I'll tell you what. And Julio Jones was no different. Uh, but Calvin Ridley did hit pay dirt twice, so he winds up as number six on Tyler's top ten. Number five goes to Josh Allen uh, breaks 300 yards for the first time in his career passing, 33-46, 312 yards, two touchdowns, plus he had 57 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, he looked like an all-pro, all-star quarterback. Josh Allen is going to be scary, scary, scary this year, much scarier than he's been in years prior. This Bills team looks like they're going to win that division behind Josh Allen if he can continue playing like this. So Josh Allen falls in at number five. Number four. Goes to Raheem Mostert of the 49ers, 151 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. The the 49ers, since the playoffs, have said that they're going to use Raheem Mostert in a in a much more prominent role in their offense. Uh, Mostert comes out with 151 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. They were hitting him in the passing game. They were hitting him in the rushing game. Mostert looked great. Uh, gotta love it. Uh, he falls in at number four. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. I hate it, but it's the truth. He goes 32 for 44, 364, and four touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers picked apart the Vikings' defense. I mean, Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, they couldn't keep up with, with what Aaron Rodgers was, was throwing. They couldn't keep up with the receivers. And Aaron Rodgers has had a field day. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 32 for 44, 364, and four touchdowns. Uh, number two. Goes to Devontae Adams, 14 receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns. And just like we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams just blew up on Sunday. He made the Vikings uh, secondary just look totally inept. Uh, the two of them together looked like they were just picking up right where they left off. And together, man, I'll tell you what, that's a scary, scary thing. Uh, number one. Goes to Russell Wilson, 31 for 35, very accurate on the day. He had an 88% completion percentage, 322 yards and four passing touchdowns. Russell Wilson, you know, it, and, and it, it's amazing to me that Russell Wilson has not been looked at um, as an MVP. Or it's amazing a lot to a lot of people, not really to me. After I looked at the numbers, it's not really amazing to me. Um, but I did take a second uh, to look into that. Um, and that that's Tyler's top 10 is Russell uh, Russell Wilson's number one but I looked into it because a lot of people have been talking about oh how has Russell Wilson not been looked at as an MVP that's that's been something that is, has gone on um, and and to me okay I, I understand we like Russell Wilson I understand he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in in football today and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league for the last five years, and he, he's looked good since 2012 and all that good stuff. I understand. But people have always wondered, well, why isn't Russell Wilson an MVP, or why hasn't he ever been an MVP in this league? And, and so I went through from when he started in 2012 all the way down until 2019, ending with Lamar Jackson from last year. And I kind of ran through it a little bit. And I said, okay, well, let's compare his stats to the MVP from each individual year since he came into the league in 2012. So my buddy Ray, especially, who, who was supposed to join us today, but Ray couldn't join us, and that's okay. Uh, Ray 
was was one of the he's a big Seahawk. He's a big homer for the Seahawks. And and he was just talking all about oh Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Why isn't Russell Wilson an MVP? Why hasn't he won the MVP? Why does nobody give him a chance to win the MVP? So I went through it, and here's what I've come up with. See, in 2012, Russell Wilson came into the league, and he had 64% completion percentage, 3,100 yards. We're talking 26 touchdowns. He had 10 picks. He had a 100 rating, which is very good for a quarterback. But that year, Adrian Peterson ran for 2,097 yards. That was a six average, 12 touchdowns, 40 receptions for 217 yards. He had a 5.4 average on that and a touchdown. I don't care what anybody says. Russell Wilson wasn't topping Adrian Peterson that year. Nobody was. Okay, we'll start there. So in 2012, that's why he didn't do it. And then we go to 2013. Russell Wilson, 63% completion percentage. He had 3,300 yards, 26 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 101.2 rating. The MVP that year, Peyton Manning, 68% completion percentage. 5,477 yards. That's over 2,000 more yards than uh, Russell Wilson. And he set an NFL record that year. 55 touchdowns, also an NFL record, and 115.1 QBR. And and that uh, that dominates Russell Wilson by any stretch. So 2013, out of the question. Okay. Then we go to 2014. Russell Wilson. 63% 63% completion percentage, right? 3,475 yards, 20 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and a 95 rating. The MVP that year, Aaron Rodgers. 65.6 completion percentage, 4,381 yards, almost 44, uh, 38 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and a 112.2 rating. So, again, Aaron Rodgers dominates the stat situation there. I like Russell Wilson, but uh, in, in, he, he didn't do it in any of those three years. Now, the one year that you can debate about, and I understand what it is or why you can debate about it, was 2015. Now, Russell Wilson, he had a 68.1 completion percentage. He had over 4,000 yards, uh, 34 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, a 110.1 rating. Um, the MVP that year was Cam Newton. 59.8 completion percentage, okay, 3,800 yards, which, I mean, was lower than Russell's, about 200 less. He had one more touchdown, 35 touchdowns, threw one, two more picks, though, 10 interceptions, and his rating was 99.4, where Wilson's was 110. So I understand it, but there becomes an imperative stat in this situation, and, and that is what Cam Newton does on the ground. Uh, Russell Wilson liked to run the football. Um he he uh, he ran for 103 yards, five or I'm sorry, 103 rushes, 553 yards, and a touchdown. Whereas Cam, uh, here's the here's the big change here: 132 yards, 63, 636 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So I get why people are upset just looking at the passing numbers because they are quarterbacks. But then that 10 touchdowns on the ground totally makes you wonder, oh, maybe that was the imperative stat there. And I think that was, to be perfectly honest with you, that can be debated in 2015, whether or not Cam or Russ should be up there. I mean, personally, I think Cam edges him out in that situation, but I understand why the debate can be made there. 
Now, 2016, Russell Wilson, 64% completion percentage, 4,200 yards, 21 touchdowns, 11 picks, 92.6 rating. The MVP in 2016, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, 69.9% completion percentage. That's almost a 70% completion percentage. It's incredible. 4,944 yards. That's over 700 yards more than Russ. 38 touchdowns. That's over 17 more than Russ. Uh, seven picks, and so that's four less than Russ, and then he had 117.1 rating, which is 20 points higher than Russ, almost 30. So at that point, eh, Matt Ryan definitely edges him out there. Um, 2017, you got Russell Wilson, 61% completion percentage, 39, uh, almost 4,000 yards, 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 95.4 rating. Now the MVP that year was... Good old Tom Brady, 66.3% completion percentage, uh, 4,577 yards, so that was over 500 yards more than Russ, 32 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 102.8 rating. So 2017, he definitely didn't win the MVP in that situation, and he shouldn't have. So there's that. I mean, we're so now we've, we've gone through all but one year where you actually really have an argument for him. Uh, 2018, Russell Wilson. 65% completion percentage, 3,448 yards, 35 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and 110 rating. The MVP that year, Patrick Mahomes. 66% completion percentage, 5,097 yards. So he's got over, over uh, 1,500 yards. Almost, actually, it's over 1,600 yards over Wilson. Um, 50 touchdowns, 12 picks, and 113.8 rating. So. He dominated him on the stat line there in 2018, so there's that. Um, 2019, last year, you had Russell Wilson with a 66.1 completion percentage, 4,110 yards, 31 touchdowns, 5 picks, and 106 rating. Um, the MVP that year, Lamar Jackson, 66.1 completion percentage, 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, and 113.3 rating. So Lamar has a better rating there. They have equal completion percentage. Lamar has 1,000 yards less in the passing department than Russell, but he's got five more touchdowns, and he's only got like one more pick. Here is the imperative stat here. that And, and once again, just like with Cam Newton, this is the imperative stat. But this one is much bigger than the one with Cam. Lamar rushed for 176 rushes. He he got 1,200 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns, whereas Russell had 75 rushes for 342 yards and three touchdowns. Lamar ran for over 1,000 yards. That That's huge. <laughs> that's, that makes for a, a huge difference. Um, and that's why I, I think people, uh, and, you know, Ray likes to call people uh, Lamar sexuals is what he calls them. Um, but to me, it's simply... Not the case. I mean, I like Russell Wilson. Is he playing MVP caliber football? I think so. But does he deserve to be an MVP right now? Eh, that's debatable. Now, um, so there, that's all I got for Tyler's top 10. I, but I wanted to jump into that Russell Wilson uh, wormhole there because I keep hearing about people saying, oh, he needs to be an MVP, he needs to be an MVP, he needs to be an MVP. Well, not every year because he's been outdone just about every year in the league, whether it be passing or whether it be on the ground, or there, there's always one player that is outdoing him. So really, Russell Wilson 
he 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 doesn't really have a leg to stand on, and neither do a lot of these these uh, Seahawks fans that keep talking about it. Now uh, let's jump into one other segment before we take our break here. Um, it's a little segment I like to call Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five, and we're we're back with this thing. Uh, Tyler, he did forget five great players, and, and I even have a couple honorable mentions in this situation. So, um, honorable mention number one goes to Julio Jones, nine receptions, 154 yards. He had himself a hell of a game. The only reason he doesn't make the Forgotten Five is because he didn't hit pay dirt at all, but man, he looked like a monster. Uh, Matt Ryan and that offense really starting off hot, but man, they got to get that defense in order in order to get that keep that offense on top. Next honorable mention goes to Benny Snell. Uh, James Conner goes down in that game with... Uh, um, with the uh, Steelers there, James Conner goes down. They put it plug in Benny Snell. He goes 19 rushes for 113 yards. He did great in uh, limited action there. Guy looked like a monster. Gotta love it. Um, next up, you got now for the actual Forgotten Five. First up, you got Malcolm Brown. 18 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, he also got two receptions for 31 yards. He hit pay dirt. He got over 100 yards from scrimmage. He hit pay dirt twice. I like Malcolm Brown. He looks like the best running back in that Rams backfield, to be honest with you. Uh, everybody was all excited about Cam Akers, but Malcolm Brown looks like he's the guy that's going to carry most of the workload there. So Malcolm Brown makes it onto the Freytown's Forgotten Five. Next up, you got Darius Slayton. Six receptions, 105 yards, two touchdowns. Now, I look, I know that, that Sterling Shepard is listed as the number one over there, and that's fantastic. But... Darius Slayton hit Pater twice on deep passes. Daniel Jones seems to like him in the in the deep passing game. Uh, Darius Slayton has emerged since last year as as a touchdown machine. The guy looks great. Uh, Darius Slayton, I like him a lot. He's going to be a, an awesome vertical threat for that Giants offense that has struggled mightily in the last couple of years. So Darius Slayton makes it on Freytown's Forgotten Five. Next up, my boy. Adam Thielen, six receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Thielen still looked good. Um, when the Vikings found their legs again in the third quarter, uh, Thielen caught you know, six passes. He got in the end zone twice, and both passes were deep balls. He, he looked good. Um, and, and him and Kirk Cousins seem like they have a good connection right now, but it, it's tough for Thielen because he's kind of the only receiver they have on that field that Cousins is targeting. Cousins is staring him down the whole day. Uh, Thielen still gets it done in spite of some really good coverage by those Green Bay Packers corners. Um, I like Adam Thielen a lot, and and really he just squeaked out Darius Slayton for this spot because he only got five yards more than Darius Slayton. But that Vikings offense needs to keep on rolling and needs to stay rolling consistently. Consistency is key. Adam Thielen can offer it uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, next up, you got Christian McCaffrey. We're so used to seeing him on Tyler's Top 10. Last year, he topped Tyler's Top 10 several times, uh, but McCaffrey makes the Forgotten Five today. Uh, 23 carries, 97 yards, and two touchdowns last week. Uh, he also had three receptions for 38 yards. I like Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's obviously the heart and soul of that that uh, uh, offense over there in Carolina. He looked fantastic yet again. Christian McCaffrey hits Pater twice. He makes it on Freytown's Forgotten Five. And last but not least, a guy that we haven't seen on the Forgotten Five in quite some time, Matt Ryan. 
Uh, 37 for 54, 450 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Matt Ryan looked great in this uh, football game. So uh, I, I want Matt Ryan to do well. The big problem is, is you don't have a defense that's going to support him as well and back him up. Uh, Matt Ryan, though, had himself a hell of a game, 450 yards through the air. Uh, he did throw the ball 54 times, but he had three separate receivers that were over 100. So, I mean, it, it does say something about what he's doing. But now, folks, now it's time for Freytown's Forgotten Five. And and uh, we're going to talk about this one. We had some horrible performances. Uh, dishonorable mentions. That's what we're going to call them these days. Dishonorable uh, dishonorable mention number one goes to Tom Brady, 23 for 36, 239, two touchdowns, two picks. Look, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you have all these weapons, you have Leonard Fournette, you, you've got Ronald Jones, you got, you know, and I, I know Ronald Jones isn't anything to, to write home about, but you got O.J. Howard, you got Rob Gronkowski, you got all these weapons, and you can't turn it up? Uh, I, I, this is not the same Tom Brady. This is not the same Tom Brady of old. Tom Brady has fallen apart, and uh, yeah, Olympus has fallen in this situation. I'm telling you right now, Tom Brady is going to have a rough year if he can't get this thing together. You got all those weapons and you can't get it done? Mm, I have questions about your abilities as a quarterback at that point. Uh, Next dishonorable mention comes up, Drew Brees. 18 for 30, 160 yards, two touchdowns. He may have paid her t- twice, but this is not Drew Brees' numbers, 160 yards. I understand Mike, uh, uh, Michael Thomas went down early in that game with an ankle injury, high ankle injury. You know what? It's still Drew Brees. Those are not Drew Brees' numbers. Drew Brees, you need to get it together too, 160 yards. Come on now. Maybe it just shows that Michael Thomas is actually the, uh, the heart and soul of that team. Uh, next up, you got Le'Veon Bell, six carries for 14 yards, a 2.3 average, and he also got hurt in that game later on, hamstring injury. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, his rough time with the Jets just continues to roll on there. Um, next up, you got the Detroit Lions defense and their defensive coaching staff. They blew a 17-point lead. Matt Patricia has second and third string corners playing man coverage instead of zone. Let's Mitchell Trubisky just pick him apart. You had Jamie Collins get ejected for touching a referee. Um, they really made a, a junk quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky look like a star. And uh, they had really only one sack versus a, a very suspect Bears offensive line. Um, they had that horrible uh, uh, missed opportunity by DeAndre Swift to take this thing home. Uh, the Lions blew that 17-point lead against the Bears to give them the win. I I just don't understand anymore what's going on in Detroit. Um, next up, you got the Minnesota Vikings starting corners. You got Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, and Cam Dantzler. They gave up 364 yards, four touchdowns through the air. Uh, I said it at the beginning of the season, and I'll say it now. Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, Cam Dantzler, these guys are not, are not starting corners in the NFL. They are not. I, I, I said that, and everybody got excited about Cam Dantzler, and Cam Dantzler, he, he just, you know, he made a bunch of high, highlight reel catches in camp, and everybody wanted, oh yeah, he's so great, and how these three guys are getting the start over a number one overall pick for by the Vikings, well not a number one overall pick, because Justin Jefferson was the number one overall pick, but a first round pick, like Jeff Gladney is beyond me, Jeff Gladney has seen hardly any field time and they're misusing a, a super talented corner out of TCU. Jeff Gladney should have been on the field. 
and instead they put Mike Hughes and Holton Hill. Holton Hill has no business on a field. Um, and I've never, I, this is where I can't relate to Vikings fans sometimes. I, I can't sometimes because I have never seen a fan base that gets so excited about certain players based on things like training camp or preseason. Never in my life. Last time, it was Kyle Sloter. And everybody was losing their mind about, oh, Kyle Sloter. Look how good of a quarterback he was in, in preseason. Oh, my God. Look at Kyle Sloter. Kyle, he should be our starter. Kyle Sloter should not be a starter anywhere in this league. The guy is a third-string quarterback. That's where he needs to remain. He's not worth anything else after that. Kyle Sloter should not be the starter. And and I, I'm fascinated by the fact that, okay, look, and I get Cam Dantzler. He had himself a good camp. He did. But, like, he made a bunch of highlight reel catches. And and people, oh, look at Cam Dantzler. He's going to be the best corner in the league. Blah, 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 blah. No. No, you haven't seen him play on the field. And, and he did not look good on Sunday. Uh, same with Holton Hill. Such a small sample size. He he. He had three good games in 2018, stunk in 2019, and everybody, oh, look at Holton Hill. Holton Hill needs to be a starter. He's so good. He's so good. No, you you got this small sample size. Let him play a full 16. Let him actually take on teams that are worth a crap, and then we'll talk about Holton Hill because he didn't take on anybody that was worthwhile. And then Mike Hughes, the injury-prone Mike Hughes, with his bum legs and his bum knees, and I'm supposed to sit here and go, yeah, Mike Hughes is going to be a starter, after I watched him come into the games yesterday in a in a uh, replacement role for, for whether it be Xavier Rhodes or Trey Waynes, and teams picked on him. He got picked on. He got picked apart. Matt Moore picked him apart in that Chiefs game. So I don't want to hear it. Mike Hughes, Holton Hill do not deserve to be on the outside. You need to have Jeff Gladney on the on the outside. That's who needs to be a, 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 as a starting corner. Um, next up, number two, Stephen Goskowski, one for four on the field goals. He had a missed extra point. Uh, he just looked rough. Um, not the Stephen Goskowski of old. The Tennessee Titans say they still have faith in him. Hey, good for you. But uh, Goskowski goes one for four on the field goals. He misses an extra point. Goskowski just looked rough. Um, and, and I'll be surprised if he's got a job, um, after week two rolls around. And last but not least, number one goes to Saquon Barkley, 15 rushes for six yards, a point four average for Saquon Barkley. I thought I'd never, ever say something like that, but Saquon Barkley tops out Freytown's forgotten five or forgetful five. I, I just, ooh, ooh. How you can't get going, I mean, either that's a, a huge testament to the Steelers' defense, or it just shows you how inept the uh, the New York Giants are right now. So, And that is all for Freytown's Forgotten Five. Now, what we're going to do here, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to jump into some news stories. We're going to roll on, on around the league, and, um, and we're going to go over our predictions for uh, Week 2. And uh, we'll be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. 
It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours, with the rates ranging from $55 to $130. You get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, though. Get ready. And welcome back, everybody, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and I'm still here all alone, all by myself. And uh, to the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean is not joining me. Um, he's up north on another one of Tyler's vacations. So uh, we're going to continue on here with the show. Um, got some good stuff here for you on the news. We're going to go over some news stories. And then we're going to uh, jump into the predictions for the week. So uh, without any further ado... Uh, we're going to start out with the big one. Just happened really recently here. Robert Woods signs a four-year, $65 million extension with the Rams, uh, $32 million guaranteed. It's a, it comes out to sixteen two five per year. And, uh, you know, I love the signing. I thought it was a great signing. Robert Woods has, has emerged as a star in, uh, in well, in, I, I keep wanting to say in St. Louis, but in L.A. with the Rams, he's emerged as a star, and, and it's beautiful. Ever since he left Buffalo, he has been tremendous. So I, I actually like this signing a lot. The, the Rams shore up their uh, wide receiving crew a little bit with the uh, signing of Cooper Cup earlier last week as well. This is a great signing. This is great. I love it. Um, and I, I actually have, I'm even more happy about it because I got Robert Woods in fantasy football. <laughs> but, uh, no, at the end of the day, the Rams do a great job, and they, they really got both these guys on somewhat of a discount for, for star-wide receivers, for your number one and number two. I mean, Cooper Cup wasn't making as much as this, and, and I really think this works for the Rams. It's going to wind up being great, and then anything that they do after this is going to be additional. It's probably going to be cheaper, and uh, I love this move. It gives Garrett Goff uh, the, his two solid weapons, um, even though they traded away Brandon Cooks. I, I understand why they did it. They probably couldn't sign him to a long-term deal like that. But imagine if the Rams go out and, and draft a receiver in, say, the first or second round or the late first round or the early second. They're, they're going to wind up with, with three monster weapons in that situation. So this is a smart move. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, we do have some injury news around the league. Lots of injuries piling up. Uh, I, I've noticed we, we have, I mean, James Conner. He had an ankle injury versus the Giants. Uh, Benny Snell did answer the bell. He had 113 yards uh, in that game. Connor's week two status right now, I mean, it's it's up in the air. He's considered day-to-day. -day. Uh, hopefully he makes his way back in. I, I mean, I know they love James Connor, but, you know, frankly, I thought Benny Snell performed better than Connor would in, in, in that situation. I think Benny Snell might be the better runner. Um, 19 rushes, 113 yards. Uh, we got to – I'm, I'm – the leaning on the idea of Benny Snell being the guy. So uh, it really depends on, on what they do. And really, I think any running back in that situation 
is going to do well. They they have a tremendous offensive line over there in Pittsburgh, and and uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger's back, kind of opening things up for people. This could be a good thing. So we'll see what happens this this upcoming week with with Connor. We'll see if he if he winds up or and really today with Connor, and if he jumps back in or if um you know Benny Snell gets the gets this call. But uh, I mean, to me, I I think Benny Snell should actually start. But maybe that's just my opinion. Um, the Jets placed uh, running back Le'Veon Bell on IR with a hamstring injury. Frank Gore and Josh Adams to uh, share carries in that situation, just the same way they did last week. Um, this is like the ongoing trend for Frank Gore. It's amazing. Everywhere he goes, it seems like the, the number one running back goes down with an injury. And here comes old man Frank Gore on to, to you know fill in. and and. Tyler loves Frank Gore. I'm not a Frank Gore guy, but it seems like every single every single year Frank Gore is filling in for somebody. He did it in Indianapolis. Not he did. I mean, he did it in San Fran for a bit. Now he's doing it with with the Jets. I mean, like I don't understand Frank Gore. I don't understand. I I don't think he's the same guy. I know everybody gets excited about him and they're really proud of him. Oh, he's he's pushing forty and. You know he's he's still tearing it up. Yeah, that's great. He's an 800 yard rusher, but I I don't know. I just think it's kind of silly. You you got these younger backs that are ready to roll, and it's not to say that Frank Gore isn't producing at a decent level. He's just not at that high level like he he was before. So maybe it's just me. I think you should be giving somebody else an opportunity. But I digress. Frank Gore will be sharing carries <laughs> in the Jets' backfield. Um, this a bigger injury. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas. He's expected to miss several weeks with a high ankle injury. Um, they didn't really specify what the high ankle injury was. Usually it's a high ankle sprain, but they did say it was a high ankle injury. He's expected to miss a couple weeks here. Um, and Drew Brees missed him horrendously. Uh, you saw Drew Brees. He was a, as a dishonorable mention on the the forgetful uh, yeah the forgetful five. Um, only 160 yards last week. So you can tell Drew Brees needs to. You know, find his his new favorite target with uh, Michael Thomas out at a 160 yard performance against a Bucks defense. Eh, eh, I got questions. So, um, but yeah, Drew Brees uh, is going to be missing Michael Thomas for a little bit. Uh, the Bengals tight end C.J. Uzoma. They were saying Uzoma, Uzoma, eh, whatever. He's placed on IR. Um, he's going to miss the rest of the season. Torn Achilles suffered in Thursday's game versus the Browns. The kicker about that game, for those of you who are watching it, um, Uzoma actually, uh, he was having a hell of a performance on Thursday. And and it, it was like, wow, look at this guy go. And, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> he's done for the year. Uh, I feel bad for the guy because he was starting to look like like uh, a favorite target out there. But I digress. He's He's kind of... SOL now, so he'll be hitting IR, uh, and he's done for the season. Um, also, the Chargers center, Mike Pouncey, he's placed on IR. He's got to undergo hip surgery. He's going to miss the remainder of the 2020 season. Uh, that's a big loss for them. Uh, I know Tyrod Taylor is a mobile quarterback. Um, really, to me, though, I, I I still believe firmly that, that Justin Herbert is going to wind up getting the call at some point here. Tyrod Taylor is just not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that's just what it is. I, I mean, people can, can get upset at me if they want for saying that, but it's just the reality. I don't find Tyrod Taylor to be a starting QB. I never found Tyrod Taylor to be a starting QB. And then here we are 
Um, Tyrod Taylor starting for the Chargers, and I, I can almost guarantee it's going to be a similar situation that what uh, than what happened in in Cleveland, where he gets replaced by the new guy in town. I, I think Justin Herbert is is just waiting in the wings, waiting for Tyrod to get hurt or whatever the case may be. Um, I like Justin Herbert a lot. I think he was the best quarterback to come out of this draft. Um, but in in any case, uh, yeah, um, Mike Pouncey. He won't be in there for, for the remainder of the season, which is uh, really awful for anybody who's a pocket passer in that situation. Um, the Titans, wide receiver A.J. Green, he's ruled out for Week 2 against the Jags. He's got a knee injury. You know, it, it it's interesting. Um, I, I think the Titans suffer a, a tough situation here where A.J. Green is out for the day. Or I'm sorry, A.J. Brown, rather. He's out for the day, um, and... and I get it, it kind of sucks, but at the same time, he hasn't been their top performer so far. It's been Corey Davis. Um, Brown may be that kind of guy that's sucking up a lot of the coverage for Corey Davis to get open. That has yet to be seen. Uh, we'll have to check it out and see what goes on in week two. But at the end of the day, uh, he hasn't been the top performer. So A.J. Brown is out, and we'll see what Corey Davis can do without that that uh, wide receiver attracting all that attention. Um, the Bucks wide receiver, Chris Godwin, he's listed as doubtful for Sunday, uh, well, today, uh, versus Carolina. He's still under concussion protocol, uh, suffered a concussion last week. Hopefully, he, for the Bucks' sake, he gets on the field. Um, Mike Evans still is, is uh, supposed to be on the field, and so is, I, I believe his name is Scott Miller. Um, I think he's supposed to be on the field in his place. So Godwin listed as doubtful, so don't count on him uh, for this week versus Carolina. Um, the 49ers tight end George Kittle, he's out for week two uh, with a knee injury. Um, he's supposed to, the the Niners are taking on the Jets, but Jordan Reed is set to start, which I like that replacement a lot. Jordan Reed, he's had a lot of concussion issues and knee issues. The guy's had a lot of injury issues, but this could be the spot where Jordan Reed really comes in and shines. The Niners like to use their tight ends a lot. Uh, Jordan Reed, as long as he can stay healthy, he's a great tight end in this league, but he just has never been able to stay healthy. And now he's in a backup role to George Kittle, who's arguably the best tight end in the league. I think Jordan Reed, to me, I bet you he has a good game. Uh, if if uh, Jimmy G, if I know Jimmy G and how he plays and, and uh, how he's going to be throwing that football, I think Jordan Reed is going to have himself a game uh, if they, they use him the same way that they use George Kittle. It's going to be an exciting one. Uh, for all you fantasy buffs out there, it might wind up being a sleeper. Um, next up, you got the the Cowboys linebacker Sean Lee. He's out to be, or he's to be out. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Uh, Sean Lee's out, out six weeks due to a hernia surgery. Um, he, had, he had a hernia. Uh, yeah, that it's a loss for the Cowboys. I think Sean Lee is a huge leader on that defense. Cowboys have suffered a plethora of injuries um, in Week One. Uh, Sean Lee's a leader on that defense, but at the same time, he's a, a little bit older. Um, it, it's always been hit or miss about whether or not Sean Lee's going to retire or whether he's too injured or whatever the case may be. It seems like Sean Lee's hurt every year. Um, but, yeah, he's he's going to be out for the next six, six weeks uh, with that hernia surgery. Um, a big loss for the 49ers, though. Uh, he, they placed Richard Sherman on IR with a calf strain. Um, so Sherman will be out for the next, at, at least the next three weeks. It's only a calf strain. So, I mean, they're not being specific about anything about how, how horrible it is, but he will be out for the next couple of weeks. Um, big loss for the Niners, big loss for their defense. I'm not big on Richard Sherman. I think he's a, uh, 
uh, you know, zone coverage corner. I don't think he can cover man, and I think it showed in the Super Bowl. Um, I've said that in the past. Um, I think Richard Sherman's a loudmouth when he doesn't even have any right to be. But at the end of the day, uh, Richard Sherman is the number one corner on that defense, uh, and this is a very good 49ers defense. Um, so we're we're going to see how that uh, secondary does without him in the fold. Uh, they run a lot of zone, and they 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 do cater their defense to Richard Sherman and that secondary. So it is. It, we have yet to see how the Niners are going to do on that defensive side of the football. But in any case, Richard Sherman is out. Uh, next up, you got the Broncos. They're placing corner uh, AJ Bouye on IR after suffering a dislocated shoulder uh, in that loss to the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football. Uh, Bouye is a good corner. He he's got traded over from the Jags. He was technically, I guess, the number two corner in Jacksonville before uh, Jalen Ramsey got traded over to the Rams. I like Bouye a lot. I think he's uh, overlooked and underrated. Um, he, he's he's basically in his prime right now. Uh, he's got that dislocated shoulder. I mean, from somebody that has had a dislocated shoulder, I can tell you that's probably going to put him out for about a month. Um, but, you know, it depends on how bad the dislocation was. But uh, A.J. Bouye will be on the shelf uh, for, for at least a month. Um, the Niners, they signed Mohamed, Has, uh, Mohamed Sanu. There we go. Um, and they activate uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, this is, I think, in that situation, the Niners are trying to uh, make up for the loss of George Kittle. They're trying to get as many weapons on the field as humanly possible. Um, Brandon Ayuk, he he was drafted this year, and, and a lot of people were singing his praises and saying he was going to be a great receiver in this league. I mean, we'll see. Uh, he is activated, though, which is kind of exciting for Niners fans out there. And I, I, I don't really buy the Mohamed Sanu signing, to be honest with you. I, I believe that Mohamed Hassanu is, is kind of done. Um, it, he, he Ever since he left Cincinnati, he hasn't been a number one guy. He wasn't a number one in, in Atlanta. He's not going to be a number one with the Niners. He's not going to be that good, and and he's always he's always just kind of a number a low end number two, high end number three kind of guy on the depth charts. Um, people get excited about a guy like Mohamed Sanu, and I don't understand it. Uh, he was always you know either the number two or the number three in Cincinnati. I, eh. It's whatever. Uh, I think Brandon Ayuk does better than him. But, uh, yeah, Mohamed Hassanu is now with the Niners. Uh, the Browns, they waive their kicker, and uh, Austin Siebert, and the Bengals sign him one day later um, ahead of that Thursday night football matchup, which I found interesting. Um, you know, it's kind of like a... a I guess it raises questions about you know what the problem is. La uh, last year you saw Dan Bailey have some trouble, um, and the year before with a uh, holder situation. Um, you know, well, in 2018 he had trouble with the holder situation. Now he's fine because he's got Britton Colquitt over there. But uh, the, he had problems with the holder, and we can Dan Carlson over a bad holder. And then Dan Bailey was having problems, and it turned out it was just the holder all along. So we wrongfully terminated <laughs> Daniel Carlson over that whole situation. So that may very well be the case. I mean, they, they might be wrongfully terminating the, the guy who's who's actually a good kicker. Uh, so Siebert will be on that, uh, that Bengals roster. 
Um, the Broncos wide receiver, Cortland Sutton, he's listed as questionable for today with a shoulder injury leading into this, their matchup. I, I, I like Cortland Sutton. Um, I think he's a great receiver. He's got, he, he's been listed as questionable for the last two weeks. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a huge loss. I watched what I saw in that Broncos game was I saw, um, I saw a quarterback in Drew Locke leaning on Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy wound up dropping two passes in that game. Uh, he Jerry Judy, he looked okay, but he's got to limit the drops. I don't know that he's as good as Cortland Sutton, but one thing's for sure is that Drew Locke is missing that big vertical threat that Cortland Sutton is capable of being. Um, it, it really depends on how he get, what they do and how, if he gets on the field, um, how successful the Broncos could be against this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Uh, it, it is yet to be seen. Um, the Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson, he plans to play versus the Rams after missing week one versus Washington. Uh, the Eagles offensive line, they gave up eight sacks in Sunday's loss against the Washington football team. So he says, Oh, you know, expect me to be on the field. We've heard that type of thing before. Um, it, it really depends on, on, uh, what the trainers have to say, but Lane Johnson expects to play today. Uh, so we'll see what he does. Um, but the Eagles desperately need him. He's an all pro, uh, tackle there. He's a great player. Uh, they got to get him on the field. Um, the, now we've got a, a little bit of a contract issue here. The bears wide receiver, Allen Robinson has come out and said that he feels disrespected that he's playing on a one-year deal that he wants a contract extension, and then he goes and removes all of his references to the Bears off his social media page. Um, he says that the contract extension won't prove to be a quote-unquote distraction. Where have I seen this before, <clears throat> Stefan Diggs? Um, this is crybaby bullshit. That's, that's what this is. Uh, Allen Robinson's a great receiver. Allen Robinson shouldn't be wanting to stay with the Bears because of their quarterback situation. I think Allen Robinson is, uh, I, I think he's a top guy. I think he's a definitely number one receiver, but I definitely think he's he's pigeonholing himself um, because he doesn't have the proper pieces around him to have a great football team, you know, to be a part of a great football team. I, Allen Robinson, um, he's got this crappy quarterback thrown in the ball of Mitch Trubisky, and Allen Robinson could go to New Orleans and be the number one over there and have a great time, or the number two behind Michael Thomas, and have Drew Brees throwing him the football and probably, even as a number two, get more love than he's getting in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky throwing him the football. I mean, really, Allen Robinson is the, the um, he, he is a number one receiver in a bad system. He, it reminds me so much of Calvin Johnson being in Detroit. I, I just... I see this guy, and I feel like he's being underutilized in Chicago. I know he wants money, money, money. But to me, Allen, take my advice. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere where there's a quarterback that can throw you the football because, for Christ's sake, you're not going to find that in Chicago. Um, the Titans, they had a, uh, <laughs> a fun situation. Um, so Steven Goskowski has that, the four missed kicks on Monday Night Football versus the Broncos. Uh, three missed field goals and an extra point. Um, Titans say they have faith in him in spite of those four missed kicks on Monday Night Football versus the Broncos. Um, I wouldn't. I, I think Goskowski might very well be done. 
Um, for as much as I've been singing his praises over the course of the last several seasons when we've been doing this uh, this pod, you know, Goskowski does not look like Goskowski. Goskowski is, is looking uh, rather human in this situation. I remember for all those years he was looked at as the number one kicker in the league, and uh, now he, he does not look like the number one kicker in the league. He looks like garbage. I would be cutting him and looking for something else. And there's plenty of good kickers out there. Uh, Titans need to need to, you know, cut them off now. Go looking around. Um, next up, the former Broncos and Rams running back C.J. Anderson. He retires after seven seasons. He's only 29 years old. Um, you know, Anderson had a nice little run there with the the Broncos. He's a, a big bodied monster type of running back. He, he's a big bruiser. Um, we remember when he came in, when Todd Gurley was having all the knee issues, he came in during the playoffs and, uh, did extremely well in, in Gurley's absence. And he filled in well and, and really made headlines for, for how good he was playing. Um, I'm surprised the team hasn't picked him up, especially at age 29. He's basically right in his prime. Uh, but CJ Anderson, I mean, I, I, that's a loss for, for the league and I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of shaking my head going, you know, why why wouldn't somebody go and make the move for that guy? I mean, he 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 showed he's a number one back in this league. I, I just don't get it. And uh, some better news, some really, really good news. Joe Buck, uh, he, you know, I know, look, I get it. We live in, Tyler and I, we live in Detroit. We, we don't like Joe Buck. A lot of people don't like Joe Buck because he's anti-Detroit and whatever the case. Um, but Joe Buck was, on Thursday, was named the, the Pete Rizal Radio Television Award recipient to be presented at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Award Ceremony. Um, and it's for his longtime exceptional contributions in radio and television in professional football. Look, you can say what you want about Joe Buck. You can you can say he's anti-Detroit and he's anti-this and he's he's a bad dude and and whatever the case. But I got to tell you, Joe Buck to me is one of the best broadcasters in all of football and all of sports. And um, he he. Do people feel like he's biased? Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think Joe Buck does a great job on air. He always has. Uh, he's a great play-by-play guy. Um, I, I like Joe Buck a lot. So I'm I'm going to say congratulations to Joe Buck uh, and and uh, hope he has a great time receiving that award at the uh, the award ceremony at the the Hall of Fame ceremony. If they if they do um, wind up having the big ceremony. Uh, and I hope that they have fans there too, because uh, man, I, I really want to, you know, get get life back to normal here with this pandemic nonsense going on. And not to mention, I'm I'm looking to try and go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame at some point here. So um, with that, that's all of our news stories uh, around the league. And uh, now it's it's time to get down to to the picks. Tyler sent me his picks um, for the week, and. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and jump right in to uh, his picks, my picks. So uh, here are your predictions for week two in the NFL. Um, and we're going to start off with that Browns-Bengals game. And uh, Tyler took the Browns. I took the Bengals. <laughs> I ate one there. That was miserable. Um, next up, you got the Giants and the Bears. Uh, Tyler took the Giants. I'm taking the Giants in this situation. Um, I, I think the Giants are going to have a, a big step forward against the junky Bears team. Um, the Bears, you know, they got lucky against the Lions last week. 
and uh, I think the Giants are just going to bring them back down the roof here. Um, next up, you got the Rams and the Eagles. Uh, this is an Eagles team that is falling apart. Tyler went with the Rams. I'm going with the Rams, um, and and I'm I'm not looking forward to uh, uh, the Eagles uh, season at all because they're going to have a rough a rough go of things. I believe with all the injuries and such that they're having. Um, next up, you got the Falcons and the Cowboys at one o'clock today. I, I, Tyler took the Falcons. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, I think this is going to be a an, a majorly offensive battle. Uh, the Cowboys have some injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Falcons really don't have a defense, <laughs> and I think it's going to be a, a, a good game offensively for both of these teams. Um, I think the Cowboys just are going to edge them out. I, I think that the, the Cowboys uh, uh, defense, even in spite of the injuries, is still a little bit better um, than the Falcons. Uh, so I think the Cowboys are going to edge them out. Uh, next up, you got the Panthers and the Bucks. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bucks. Tyler went with the Bucks. Uh, this is going to be a bounce-back game for, for Tommy Brady and company. Uh, at the end of the day, the the Panthers looked a little rough around the edges in week one, um, and, and I think Tom Brady comes out firing. Uh, I think there's going to be a W for the uh, Bucks. Um, next up, you got the 49ers and the Jets. This one's a no-brainer. Uh, Jets have injuries, not to mention it's it's the Jets. Uh, and the 49ers, while they have injuries, it's still the Niners. The Niners are still beasts. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Niners. Tyler, Tyler is going with the Niners as well. Um, next up, we got the Broncos and the Steelers. Uh, Tyler took the Broncos, but, uh, you know, I liked how the Steelers looked uh, on um, Monday night. I thought they looked, Big Ben looked strong. I'm going to go ahead and, and say Steelers uh, in this situation. Tyler takes the Broncos and, and Drew Locke, which is surprising because Tyler hates Drew Locke. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Steelers. I think Juju Smith-Schuster has himself a game. Um, next up, you got the Jags and the Titans. Both of us are taking the Titans in this situation. I think uh, Derrick Henry coming off of a, a tough game, really. Derrick Henry did not look like Derrick Henry in that last game, but... Um, as long as the Titans can can get him moving and Goskowski can connect on those field goals, uh, the Titans will uh, come out with a W in this situation. Uh, next up, you got the Lions and the Packers. Uh, both Tyler and I took the Packers. Look, uh, Aaron Rodgers ripped apart the Minnesota Vikings defense last week, and the Lions are they have corners injured out the wazoo. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Packers in this situation. Uh, they got Okuda. Or Lions have Okuda hurt. They have Trufant hurt. Uh, yeah, this this is gonna be a no-brainer. It's Packers all day. Uh, next up, you have the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, both Tyler and I taking the Bills in this situation. Uh, Josh Allen, I mean, looking like an all-star. He's he is looking like a a, a, a champion. And, and this it's. This Buffalo Bills team is being overlooked and undersold. Uh, Josh Allen, he put up his first 300-yard game last week, and uh, yeah, I think he's, that that trend's going to continue. Uh, Stephon Diggs last week, he got some catches, but it wasn't a ton. This could be a good bounce-back game for Diggs. Um, I know John Brown's still out there too in, in Buffalo. Uh, this Bills team is dangerous. And don't forget, their defense was outstanding last season. 
Um, next up, you got the Vikings and the Colts. I think this one's going to be a bounce-back game for the Vikings. The Colts' defense isn't as good as the Packers' defense. The Packers' defense is actually pretty good, and the Vikings tore into the Packers' defense last week. Um, I don't think Phillip Rivers is on the caliber, uh, the caliber quarterback that uh, Aaron Rodgers is either. Um, Colts fall apart. I'm going Vikings. Tyler is going Vikings as well. Uh, next up, you got the Cardinals versus the Washington. Uh, I, do I have to call them the Redskins? The football team. I'm just going to call them the Redskins. The Cardinals versus the football team. Um, we're both taking the cards in this situation. Uh, the Cardinals coming off the big win uh, over the Niners. Um, showing a lot of heart in that game. I thought Kyler Murray looked great. It was a very back and forth type of game. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Cardinals in this situation. Tyler is as well. Um, Kyler Murray has a big day. Uh, next up, you got the Ravens and the Texans. Both Tyler and I taking the Ravens. Uh, Texans really didn't show up against the Chiefs in week one. Um, and uh, at 425 today, I think the Ravens just lay waste to the Texans. Uh, I'm going Ravens. So is Tyler. Uh, next up, we've got the Chiefs and the Chargers. Look, I like, uh, I've always, so my, in my top five teams, Chargers is one of my top five favorite teams. But I know that the Chargers right now, they're not winning anything with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. I'm going with the Chiefs. Tyler's going with the Chiefs. Not to mention, they're taking on the Chiefs. They're taking on defending Super Bowl champions. We're going with the Chiefs. Um, next up, Patriots and Steelers. Um, I'm sorry, Seahawks. Why did I say Steelers? Patriots and Seahawks. Uh, both Tyler and I are taking the Seahawks in this situation. Um, look, I like uh, Cam Newton as much as the next guy. But realistically, the Seahawks... For whatever reason, I don't I don't know why, um, but they, they always have this plug-and-go type of thing. They always have, well, on paper, what looks like a pretty mediocre football team, and then they still wind up pulling out Ws. The Patriots, they, they have Cam Newton, which is a, a nice little boost for them at quarterback. It's not as good as Tom Brady, in my opinion, um, but it, it kind of keeps them competitive. At the end of the day, I think it makes the Patriots a middle-of-the-road type of team. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Seahawks. Tyler is also going with the Seahawks. And last but not least, the uh, Saints and the Raiders. Both Tyler and I taking the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees going to come out firing. I don't think that Raiders defense can hold up to the Saints offense in spite of the fact that Drew Brees looked a little rough around the edges. But I think Drew Brees will come out and uh, look like Mr. Hotshot like he always is and really start firing that ball around. He'll find out who that number one guy is on the field with him. Um, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's our predictions for week two in the NFL. And, um, man, uh, it, it's a little saddening. I, don't, I didn't have uh, – we, we thought we had a fill-in with uh, Mr. Ray Kowicki. I thought he was going to be filling in with me, but it did not wind up happening. So I wound up recording on my own, but that's okay. Um, next week, Tyler should be in the house. He should be uh, joining us. And uh, off another one of his stupid vacations. I'm going to keep harping on it, too. Um, but uh, hopefully Tyler will be back in next week and we can get back down to business. But uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. Please check out our sponsor at itsyourtimemassage.com. Amanda's amazing at her job. She's a wonderful massage therapist. And uh, I highly recommend um her to anybody else that is looking for a little bit of sweet relief in the, their uh, muscles 
She is an incredible, incredible massage therapist. She does CBD massages, deep tissue, um, Swedish massages. She is the best in the game. So please check her out at IYTMassage.com. But uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are, uh, well, I am out of here. Um, and uh, next week, hopefully Tyler Dean will be back. So thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.